Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. I think the one thing that is lacking in the body of Christ is a spirit of perseverance. For some reason, we have we are living under the fairy tale that when we come to Jesus Christ that it's going to be a life free of opposition and we come in town and, and a prophet comes in town and he speaks a word over us and, or we hear something that really inspires us and God gives us a dream in the middle of the night and, or he gives us something that really speaks and makes our baby leap anybody ever been there where God says something just makes your baby leap like yeah that's what I'm created for that's what I'm supposed to do. That's the reason I can't fit in because God, this is what you called me to do. And we're so excited in our spirits. But we move through life and we, we move through those periods and those spaces of impartation and those moments of inspiration. And I love being able to get up and preach and inspire people to go out and run and, and pursue what God has for them. But rest assured, people of God, there is a devil that the Bible calls our adversary. Tell somebody, you have an adversary. His job is to oppose God's will for your life. He knows that his fate is sealed. He knows that his fate has been written. He is already punished. Judgment has already been set for him. He, he cannot get back in the good grace of God. He cannot dwell with God in eternity with him. His fate is sealed. And so you have to understand we were created in God's likeness and his image. And he hates you. He doesn't just dislike you. He hates you. Because whenever you walk in the fullness of the grace that God has given you every day, you are a constant reminder of what he lost. You are a constant reminder of what he can never be. You're a reminder every day that he is a fallen angel that cannot be redeemed. We can sing a song that the angels cannot sing. We can sing a song of redemption. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for redemption. Angels ask God this. Say, what is man that you are so mindful of him? Angels are like, look, I thought we, we got the closest proximity to you. We're the ones sing holy, holy, holy. We're the ones that, that, that take all your directions. Why is, why is this man that you created, why do you keep giving him a, a forgiveness after forgiveness? And angels, we mess up one time and you cast us out of your presence forever. Why is this creation called man so special that you're so mindful of him? That even though he mess up, you made a provision for him to come back to you. 
You have to understand that God spoke everything else into existence. He, he spoke the sun. He spoke the moon. He spoke the clouds, the fish of the sea, and the firmament and the water. He spoke all of that stuff into existence. But when it came down to you, my brother and my sister, he shaped and he formed you. He took some extra special care in the creation of you. Tell somebody, I'm special. And the devil hates the fact that he could never be what you are. But he's a master of disguise. And he's always, he's always projecting an image in front of us that we are, ne- we are never going to measure up and we're never loved and we're never going to suit up. And because of our filthy past and because we had the babies out of wedlock and because we're a divorcee and because and because and because. But God said, in spite of, I see my son's blood and I don't see any of that. see who I made you I didn't see what happened to you I didn't see the molestation I didn't see the rape I didn't see the divorce I didn't see the abuse I see you through the filter of my son's blood and that justifies you tell somebody I'm justified but the devil has tricked us people of God into thinking that we'll never measure up that we will never do the promises that are due to us. And I want to encourage you today from a subject, not until I see it. Tell somebody, not until I see it. I'm sure they probably got some, maybe ellipses in front of it. But my objective, if, if, if I'm any kind of a preacher today, is, is to infuse in your heart that whatever God has called you to do, whatever thing that you, how many have some things in you that you have not birthed out yet? You know, I mean, there are some things that are, that are seated inside of you. And you know it's inside of you. You feel it kick every now and then. <laughs> you know it changes the way you walk, the way you talk. Sometimes it wakes you up in the middle of the night. But it has not yet been birthed out yet. What would infuse you today to don't stop until you see it? Encourage somebody beside you. Tell them don't stop until you see it. Come on, tell everybody right. Tell them don't stop until you see it. Whatever God has commanded you to do, if it's getting up every morning at 4.30 and praying, If it's turning your plate down once a week on a Tuesday, don't stop until you see it. Keep hammering that nail. I don't care how mundane. I don't care how bored with it. I don't care how many people are lapping you. I don't care how many people who ain't living right and they seem like they're getting everything. God said, you do what I called you to do. You keep doing it. I don't care how much the devil accuses you. You keep doing it until you see it. to have a holy tenacity tell somebody keep doing it until you see it I want you to turn with me to Luke second chapter 25th verse it says this now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon somebody say Simeon and this man was righteous and devout waiting on the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit Look at this, y'all. That he would not see death before he had seen 
the Lord Christ. And he came in the spirit unto the temple. And when the parents, meaning Joseph and Mary, brought the child Jesus to do for him what was according to the custom of the law. So you have to to understand, after 40 days, it was custom that every child of Jewish descent be brought to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord. And they were just following the custom. And to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up Jesus in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Somebody say, not until I see it. Can I prophesy to you for this for a second? There are some things in your life that God has promised you, people of God, according to his word. Simeon said, now God, you are allowing me to leave, meaning you are allowing me to die because I could not die until I saw what you promised me. What does that mean, people of God? That even the force of death itself had no choice in the matter. See, you have to understand, people of God, that Simeon had to be an old man or it, wasn't, or it wouldn't have been that he was defying what was chasing him all along. You have to understand that he was at the end of his road. He was at the end of, of, of how long he should be living. So the miracle of it, if he was a young man and he saw it, he said, well, of course he was young. Of course he ain't going to die. But no, he had to be an old man for it to be the miracle that God held death at bay until he held the promise. Can I tell you something, people of God? Look at what he said right here. He said, Lord, it is according to your word. He said, Lord, 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Somebody say, according to your word. It's not just a promise. It's your hold to the word of the promise. See, there have been plenty of people who have died with unfulfilled promise. But I would submit to you, it's the promise and it's your holding on to the promise that's going to keep you alive. Then it says this, for my eyes have seen your salvation, men in Jesus, that you have prepared in the presence of all the people a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. Testify, you're not going anywhere until you see it. Take your neighbor right beside you. Not until I see it. You ain't got to tell them all your business, but I'm, I'm going to keep doing what God has commissioned me to do until I see it. Not until I see it. Don't get bored. The word of God says it like this. Don't get weary and well doing. For in due season, Are yea and amen, but it is according to if you hold on to the promise. You may be seated. Tell somebody not until I see it. 
people of God, I'm going to be real quick. But I just want to talk about just a little bit the mystery of the human will. How many know that the human will is a mystery? Here's what I mean by it. There's people all in the Guinness Book of World Records. People who have defied the will of an average man. I saw one thing where a man, anybody ever, anybody ever tried, to do plank, tried to do planking? Y'all know what planking is, right? You get down on your elbows and your knees and your toes and you just hold it. You know, after about 10 seconds, you start shivering and quaking, right? <laughs> That's just me. Maybe, maybe y'all got abs of steel. I don't. <laughs> but there's a man in the Guinness Book of World Records who, for 12 hours, the man planked for 12 hours. That is a testament to human will. There are, there are people in this world called free divers. Free divers are people that suck in all the air that they can and they go down like 120, 130 meters with no tank, with no air or anything. They circular breathe within themselves. They go down 100 meters and come back up. Somebody say the human will. The human will is so strong, y'all. I've seen people who are at death's door. who are waiting on a loved one to come and make peace. There is no reason that the person should be alive. All the vital signs, all y'all nurses, y'all seen it before. There's no earthly reason. Disease has riddled everybody. There is no reason. But yet still, they stay alive until that wayward son comes. Or that wayward daughter, or, 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 or that brother that they that that that, 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 they, that, that they had strife with. In some kind of way, the human will can hold on death. And as soon as peace is made, they just go off and go to sleep. Somebody say the human will. The human will can drive us past our mental and our physical limits, people of God. We say, why are you talking about that piece, uh, Pastor Tony? It's because the determining factor of whether you're going to see the promise, it's not a matter of God's will or God wouldn't have spoken it to you in the first place. I want you to listen to me clearly. It's not a matter of God's will it's a matter of your will. Are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to stick through it? Are you willing to go through dry seasons in your life? Are you willing to have the tenacity to hold on until you see it? Somebody say, until I see it. The matter of your will is determined by what drives you. The Bible says that Simeon was holding on to the word that God spoke to him. So my question to you today, people of God, what drives your will? What drives you? 
submit, people would say that some people don't have drive, people don't have will. Everybody has a drive for something. The question is, what's driving you? Even the laziest of people, they have a drive for comfort. That's what drives them. I don't want to be disturbed. I don't, therefore, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to try hard. I'm just going to do the very minimum to get by. Then there are some people who are extremely external driven. They will work two jobs and go to school full time and will volunteer somewhere. And will, somebody say driven. But your drive determines your will, people of God. Simeon was able to keep death at bay because the word that God had spoke to him was driving his will. He was so convinced he was so convinced somebody say you got to be convinced of the word. He was so convinced that he did not settle. No doubt the proclamation had gone out in the earth that the Messiah, Jesus, had been born. He didn't settle down and say, oh, Lord, he's been born in the earth realm. God, it's time for you to take me because your promise has been fulfilled. No, he said, not until I hold the promise. Not until I lay my eyes on him. Not until I hold him in my arms will the promise be fulfilled. So many times we water down and we lower down the specificity of what God has told us. God has told you times. He has told you dates. He has told you seasons. God has told you what your business will look like. God has told you what your organization will look like. God has told you what your husband will look like, what your wife will look like. And so many times because we get, we get, uh, we get our minds get to thinking, Lord, the time, the clock is ticking. Lord, I got to do something. So maybe God, you'll move in this way. God said, I have not changed my mind concerning you. What I spoke, I meant every word. He said, my word is forever settled. Meaning it's firm, it's locked down. It will not shift. Can I tell you something, people of God? I don't, how many got a promise over your life? Come on, come on. I'm just saying just, I mean, you got a specific thing that you know God has called you to do. There is specific assignment. Come on, let me see your hands high. Can I tell you something? Don't you alter. God, I thank you. Don't you dare alter what God has showed you. God doesn't need your help. How he said he would do it is how the Lord God Almighty is going to do it. The way that he, he don't care nothing about your age. He don't care about your ethnicity. He don't care about how what side of the tracks you were born on. What God spoke. He intends every dot and every tittle to be fulfilled in your life. Don't you insult the master by altering what he said. Don't you dare insult the master. He is the one that said, let there be. And there was. A bird didn't become a bird until he said it. 
A star didn't twinkle until he said, go up there and you stay in your place. A planet didn't start spinning on his axis until he said, and you think that the word he said over you was optional, it's negotiable? The devil is a liar. Don't you ever change what God has spoke over your life. What he said, how he said it, when he said it, and how he said it would come to pass is just how he said, and it's just how it's going to happen. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, but what, y'all? But it's according to the power that works in us, which means the degree to which God is going to fulfill the promise is in your life. It's not on God. Tell somebody it's on you. The degree that God is going to fulfill the promises in your, in your life, it's dependent on you. But I tell you this, people of God. I've got a quote for you. The conviction of your belief is only proven when you're faced with a viable alternative. You can say you believe something, but your, your belief is not proven until you're given an alternative. <laughs> you, I, I can declare all I want to, I love my wife. But my love is proven in unlovable moments. When I can take the option to wound her, but God commanded me to love my wife as Christ has loved the church. And we can declare all these things with our mouths. Of, oh, yeah, I believe God. I believe him to be a healer. I believe him to be this. You are not going to be tested your belief until he's a healer until sickness comes. <laughs> Knowing that, 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 that the trial that, you, that you're coming through, the trial that you're going through is for the perfecting of your faith. Or we can say, Lord, I'll never turn back. Our oh, Lord, Lord, I'll never leave you. I'll be with you always. Yeah, Peter said that. He said, no, Lord, no, Lord. He said, before the cock crows thrice, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna deny me three times before the cock crows th two times. He said, Lord, that'll never be me. Don't ever say what you won't do. Outside of the mercy and God's grace, we be walking down the I-40 backwards naked. Don't ever say what you won't do. We should always keep ourselves in a posture of always needing him. That's why we can't, we, we can't get, our, our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. We can't get built up in our own righteousness. I don't care how many people have been saved by your testimony. I don't care how many demons have been cast out when you put your hands on them, when you declare Jesus. Do you not know that the same devil is after you and he's looking for you to fall? The higher the rise, the steeper the fall. And so there will always be a need for us to be with Jesus. Somebody say hold and release. Simeon had to make a choice, people of God. He had to make a choice that either I'm going to hold on to God's word 
Or am I going to hold on to all this time I've been waiting for the Messiah to be born? He's okay. Amen. In Jesus' name. Everybody point your hand and say, Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say, hold and release. It's a choice, people of God, of what you hold on to and what you let go of. You have to understand that we are, we are vessels of limited capacity. Tell somebody, you are a vessel of limited capacity. You are a vessel of limited capacity. And guess what, y'all? Capacity demands that a choice be made of what we hold on to and what we let go of. Because guess what? You can't hold it all or you'll drop everything to the ground. And so life has a way of, 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 of loading us down. Life has a way of making so many demands on us. And God is saying, you're going, to make, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to either have to serve one or hate the other. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. But you're going to have to make a choice. God, am I going to believe your report? Am I going to believe the doctor's report? Am I going to believe that you still have promise of my life? Or am I going to believe that at this age, people don't start businesses? At this age, people can't, uh, people can't still do this and people can't still, still do that. Do you not know that God used? He called Moses at the age He was in his 80s Abraham in his 80s He waited until he was dead Until there was no life left in his body To then tell him That I'm going to make you a father of many nations God does not look at your circumstance He looks at your availability I'm going to say that again He does not look at the futility of your circumstance. He's just looking for your availability. Somebody say, Lord, I'm available to you. But this is something Simeon had to go through. He had to go through a waiting period. Somebody say, wait. Touch your neighbor and say, wait. That's a curse word in today's society. Come on, touch him again. Tell him, wait. We hate to wait. I hate it when my internet's slow. How many of y'all remember when the internet first came out in Prodigy? You dial the thing. You sit there, press a button, go get you some coffee, and hopefully by the time you get back, the screen done flipped over. But, time, but convenience has gotten so, has gotten so quick that our relativity scale of what's a long time has shrinked that we no longer want to wait I can look up anything on Google now and find out anything anybody remember when we used to wait for the new encyclopedia for this year to come out tell somebody you used to waiting to the young people in this room, encyclopedias are these things that they would, they would come out of every couple of years. It'd be a whole volume. They'd have pictures and talking about stuff that's going on. Look it up on Google. It'll tell you what encyclopedia is. <laughs> but there is an art to waiting. Tell somebody there is an art to waiting. Word of God says that those that wait on the Lord 
shall renew their strength. As a result of your waiting, they shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and they won't get weary. They're going to walk and they won't faint. This ain't bothering y'all up here, is it? I'm trying to be cute. But the art of waiting, I'm going to show you what waiting if, if waiting was easy, everybody would do it. I'm going to say it again. If waiting was easy, everybody would do it. Ask somebody beside you, can you wait? Turn with me to Acts, the first chapter. The first verse, it says this. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days Jesus suffered, during the 40 days after Jesus suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he had proved to them many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. This is what I want you to draw your attention to. For it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem. Tell somebody, do not leave. Come on, touch somebody, look them in the face, tell them, do not leave. Whatever God has called you to, whatever space God has called you to, whatever neighborhood God has called you to, even the marriage that God has called you to. Tell somebody, do not leave. This is what Jesus commanded them to do. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift that he promised. You can't leave until you get the promise. He said, as I told you before, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody, do not leave. You have to understand that at this time, people of God, Jesus, he was showing up. The word of God said that he showed up from time to time for a 40 day period, teaching the disciples and all his other others, other followers. The word of God said many infallible truths. He was teaching them that, look, I've gone into eternity. I've come back. I've snatched hell, death and uh, uh, hell and death and the keys of death from Satan. And, I, and, and I've come to teach you about some things of the promise that is to come. And and, and the word of God talks about that, you know, we always talk about the 120 that was in the upper room. But the fact of the matter is it was over 500 that Jesus was teaching. Look at the numbers. Look at the numbers, y'all. Look at the number. He told five, over 500, I want you to go into Jerusalem and I want you to wait until the father sends what he promised now I want you to turn with me to Acts the second chapter the first first verse we love this we all know it but I want to draw another principle out of it on the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were all sitting then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone presented was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. Why did I read that? It was over 500 that Jesus told to wait. But only 120 thought it was important enough to wait. 
morning. This was only 10 days later. Jesus said, I'm about to go, but I want you to go in Jerusalem and I want you to wait until God sends the promise. If waiting were easy, people of God, everybody would be doing it. But there is a blessing in waiting. But let me tell you this. They weren't just sitting around. They weren't just looking up at the ceiling and saying, oh, well, we're just going to sit here. What you doing? What you got to go to? As soon as this Pentecost festival is over, I'm going to do this. Girl, what you doing? Hey, man, how's, how's everything going with your livestock? No, they were actively waiting. They were worshiping. They were encouraging each other. They were singing songs and holy songs. And that's how they were in one accord because they were actively waiting. Can I tell you something, people of God? That waiting is not an action. Waiting is a posture. I'm going to say that again. Waiting is not an action. It's like, you know, see, see, that's what we think. Lord, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. But when we are actively waiting on God, we are preparing for the moment and the day. See, they didn't know. Jesus didn't say in 10 days God is going to send his spirit. Um, I guarantee the majority of the 500 would have stayed. You see, no man knows the day or the hour. How many of y'all know if we knew when Jesus was coming back, folk would live like the devil up until the last nanosecond? Come on, y'all. You see, that's how God does it, to, to prove how much we love him, to prove how much we trust him. He'll give us a promise and will not give us a date of execution. it creates a vacuum that I need you to fill it with your faith that God if it takes years if it takes decades if it takes multiple years if it takes a whole generation if it takes till I can't even move no more and I can't do nothing but lift my eyes to the hills from which come in my help God I'm going to hold on to the promise and I'm not that your promise is worth waiting for? Oh, we love to dance for the promise. Oh, we love to shout for the promise. Oh, we love to tell our neighbor. Oh, we love to turn around three times and high five people. But can I tell you your word? The promise is worth waiting for. The most purest of diamonds are the ones that have been under the most pressure that has spent the most time in the earth. Now you can get a cubic zirconian and it was it will shine like it a little bit, but its value is determined about how long it went through the process. Your value to the kingdom is going to be determined by how long you're willing to wait. Somebody say, Lord, I'll wait. thing I want to share with you is to cry out. 
touch your neighbor and tell him cry out. One of the things I remember from my wife having our three babies is that we were, we were so happy and so joyous, <laughs> surprised with one of them. But the closer she got to delivery, the more uncomfortable she got, the less she slept. The more the Braxton Hicks started kicking in. And then we get to the delivery room. Somebody say the delivery room. Y'all think my wife can bellow and and let her and let her scream out for the Lord, and she can. But there's not a cry. Y'all women know what I'm talking about. And y'all husbands who've been in there with them, y'all know what I'm talking about too. Don't you touch her? Don't you wipe her head? Don't you take no? Don't you take? Don't do no Facebook live? Don't take no pictures for the scrapbook? She will grab that phone and twist it and jam it up your nose. There comes a point where the labor is so intensive that there is a cry that comes from a place that you can't replicate. Any, can, any, any woman, can, can, can you attest to it? You can try to give that cry and you ain't been able to give that same cry since because it comes from a place. Exodus where Moses is minding his own business he's tending to his his father-in-law Jethro's sheep and he sees a burning bush but there was something different about this bush because there was see a a bush in the desert burning that that, that's commonplace because it gets so hot but this bush would not be consumed and so 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 his 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 inquisitiveness got the best of him and 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 he and he went over to it and God told him Moses take off your shoes because the ground that you're standing on is holy and God began to have a conversation with with Moses and he told him all kinds of things but he says one thing he says in Exodus he says the cries of my children Israel have come up before me and now I have called you to come and deliver them I want y'all to listen to me closely if you reference that with what God prophesied to Abraham in Genesis God prophesied to Abraham that the children of Israel would go into a period of captivity for 400 years everybody stand to your feet I'm about, we, we're about to finish stand to your feet I want you to stand your feet because I want your attention because I want you to hear this revelation. 
Moses. The cries of my children have come up before me. And one would think that God was responding to the cry. But the children knew. Now let me tell you, now we, we as a people, we may forget to pass down what God has said over our lives and over our generations. But let me tell you something about Jewish people. They tell their generations everything that has been spoken over their people. And do you not know that while they were in captivity, they were saying, if we can just make it to the end of this 400 years, if we can just make it to the end of the, pro of the process, but can I tell you something? One would submit and say they were crying because of the hard taskmaster, but I would submit to you people of God, they were crying because they were just about at the end of their suffrage. They were just about at the end of being whipped at the whip, at the end of the whip of Pharaoh. They were just about at the end of the sickness. They were just about at the end of building bricks without straw. They were just about at the end. And can I tell you, people of God, that all that you've been through, all that you've been suffering through, all the sickness that you've been going through, all the crying nights, all the wayward, all of the worrying and the crying, you're just about at the end of it. And my wife used to cry when she was about at the end of the birthing process. God said, I have heard the signifying cry. It's not a cry of agony. It's a cry of anticipation. Because I'm just all that I've gone through, all the lies, all the all the backstabbing, all the time, all the all the sleepless nights, all the tears that God has been collecting that have been falling on my pillow. It's about to be worth it all. And so I'm crying with anticipation. That God, all the suffering is about to be worth it all, God. All of the praying and all of the anguish and all the time that people are turned their back on me. It's about to be worth it all. It's a cry of anticipation. You know how it is. You know how it is with your children. You know how it is with your children. You tell them you're gonna take them to the you gonna tell them you tell them you're gonna take them to the carnival. They start, mama, is it, are we there yet? Is it time yet? When are we going? Where are we going? You know what? That cry comes out of an anticipation. Why? Because my father has promised something to me. And as it gets closer, I get more and more excited to the point it comes out of my mouth. I'm telling everybody about it. Oh, I can't wait. It's just about here. It's just about here. What father, what my father promised is just about here. Can you tell somebody beside you it's just about here? My anticipation won't let me keep quiet. My anticipation of the promise won't let me keep silent. It's bubbling up in the well of salvation. Bubbling up in my soul. I am anticipating the promise being fulfilled. I am anticipating the healing in my body. And so I shout loud. And so I cry out. Because I am anticipating. Can somebody cry out in this room? Somebody give a cry in anticipation out in this room. Thank God I believe. 
coming. I do know that it is just about here. I feel the pains. I feel the pressure. I feel it. It's just about here. It's just about here. And so I cry out. Don't stop crying. Come on, somebody cry. Somebody cry. Somebody yell out to the Lord. I won't stop until I see it. I'm not going to stop until I see it. I'm not going to stop until I see it. I'm not going to stop until I see it. Come on, somebody lift your hand in this place. Not until I see it. I can't leave here until I see it. And so I'm going to cry with a loud cry. I'm going to shout with a loud shout. Because deliverance is not. Deliverance is not. All that you've been through, don't you dare give up. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep declaring. Wake up every morning. This could be the day. God! I have a great anticipation. I have a great anticipation. I anticipate, therefore I cry. I anticipate, therefore I testify of what you're about to do. I have an anticipation, so therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this room. Encourage your neighbor, tell him, don't you stop. Don't you stop until you see it. Come on, tell them, don't stop until you see it. Don't you stop until you see it. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Keep making no business plans. Speak to that bill every day and tell them you're about to be a racist. Don't stop until you see it. Don't stop until you get everything. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You've got to have a determination. Come on, declare to somebody, I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm determined. That's what I'm determined. I'm determined. No powers, no things present, no things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that your people have a holy determination that nothing shall separate them from the promise. We won't stop believing. We won't stop confessing. We won't stop expecting. Lord, we're going to wake up every morning anticipating that this could be the day. This could be the week. This could be the hour that you show up. Somebody yell in the atmosphere, God, do what you promised. 
come on, that's a real shouters. No, don't, we don't need no music. Come on, come on. Because you're not going to have any of these five musicians in your cubicle when the devil gets to raging. He will deliver with a shout. I won't stop until I see it. I'm not going to stop until I see it. Care who talks about me? Minutes ago, I don't care who talk about me. I ain't gonna stop till I see it. Cause they ain't seen what I seen. Don't you listen to the opinions of other people? God hadn't showed them, He showed you. Don't you stop until you see what He showed you. Gotta be like Simeon, that even death will be held at bay. The death angel can't even come and get you. Not until you see it. <laughs> Here's a secret if death can't come and snatch you until you see the promise. If you keep getting promises, <laughs> you got to get permission. See, Simeon said, Lord, thank you, Lord. Lord, you let me see it. And I'm giving permission for death to come get me. Somebody lift your hands in this atmosphere. God, we thank you. How your word has came to remind us that although we have a long way to go, God, you are with us. And you want to do what you promised. But it's predicated on us not giving up till we see it. Lord, we know that the graveyard is full of people that never saw promises. But God, we want to leave this world empty of everything you promised us. Now, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are infusing us with a new fight. With a new fervor in our spirits. With a new tenacity in our hearts. They come hell or high water. We're going to chase after you until we see it. And we don't care how dead the situation looks. We're going to chase after you, God, until we see it. Because you're the giver of life. You are the resurrecting one. Lord, we pray for every destiny in this room. Not that you breathe life back into it, but you breathe life 
back into our expectation. That you breathe life back to into our expectancy. And the way that we talk and the way that we expect things to happen in our lives. God, we thank you. I pray that as we go home, God, that you recharge our prayer life. That we start asking bold things again. That we raise the bar. Lord, we don't want to insult you by lowering the bar. God, we're going to raise the bar. But Lord, you said in Ephesians 3 and 20 that you can do it exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Lord, let our power work in us. Lord, I bind timidity and fear and laziness. Lord, put a fire in our spirits that we won't stop until we see it. God, we know that we are just at the threshold of the greatest days of our lives. The greatest days of miracles and breakthroughs are about to bow. God, we thank you. We bless you. We count it done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Tell somebody, I'm not going to stop until I see it. Come on, put your hands together if you're a recipient of this word today. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. If you believe and you receive this word, come on, give him the best praise you got. Tell somebody, I'm going to see it. Come on, declare that I'm going to see it. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash atthefellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.